on, everybody? You're listening to the same show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. Today, I have a special guest on with us. I have art, author, screenwriter, and filmmaker B. Danielle Watkins. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for being on. I, I know you got a lot going on and you have a really busy schedule. So I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show. And honestly, I couldn't think of a better time for you to be on. You know, kind of like I mentioned before the call, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, the topics that we're going to be talking about and, you know, also the work that you do and just the environment that we're in today. This is honestly uh, the perfect time. Uh, for you to be on the same show and a great time for the same show to start back up. So I'm I'm really excited and uh, the listeners are in store for a great recording. Before we hop into it, you know, I want to go ahead and shout out, you know, our listeners and, you know, our followers on social media. Uh, same show for, for you guys that follow it religiously has been away for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I just want to just thank everybody that's been, you know, continuing to listen and, you know, keep up and with the same show or get caught up and been overwhelming with all the support that we've been getting, you know, from the international community. I mean, we're, we have listeners now in 23 countries from South Africa, to South Korea, India, Iran, uh, Paraguay and South America, Australia, and the list goes on. So, you know, I just want to say I'm, I'm, it just does my heart a lot of joy to know that to have a platform that reaches the international community. And I think that alone in itself speaks volume because one of the things for me is always being able to pr- put content out there that not only speaks to the people in the immediate community, but speaks to people everywhere. So again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, really quick, for those of you that don't follow the same show and that either want to drop me a message or want more information about the guests that come on the same show, be, be sure to follow us on our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, at the same underscore show, that's same, S-A-N-E underscore show, and then Facebook, the same show. So, again, go check us out on social media. Keep track of all the upcoming and current episodes. And, again, shoot us a message. Tell us what you think about the same show. And want to know more about our guests, definitely drop us a note in the inbox. And we'll definitely uh, reply and you know answer whatever questions you may have. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. Today we'll be talking about uh, LGBTQ and entertainment. We're also going to talk about keeping an open mind. And then following our discussion, we're going to have an interview with uh, Danielle so that you guys can get to learn a little bit about her, what she has going on, her work and all that other great stuff. So let's go ahead and jump right into it with the LGBTQ entertainment. You know, like we were kind of talking about uh, prior to the recording, uh, Danielle, you know, I was saying it was, again, it was a perfect time for you to be on the same show and, you know, with the environment. You know, a lot of things have happened within the last few weeks. And I know one of the things that came to mind is, again, it's Pride Month. You know, one of the things that's been big in the news, aside from Pride Month, was things like Arthur, the television show. You know, they aired an episode. I cannot think of the teacher, uh, Mr. Ratburn. You know, he got married. And I think, I don't know if it was in that episode. I I don't keep up with the show uh, much anymore, but 
apparently he came out at some point and he got married and like they showed the, the uh, wedding in the episode with uh, his same sex partner. And I thought that was, you know, really interesting at the same time. I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, they went to that level and, you know, took that step. And that just made me think about, you know, especially because we're talking about public television as well. You know, it just made me think about like, wow, like where we are today in the entertainment industry and, you know, the inclusivity of the LGBTQ community. So, uh, you know, and I'm glad I have you on because, you know, you also being a member of that community, I wanted to, I wanted to get your thoughts. So where, I guess, from your uh, perspective and your experience, where's the LGBTQ community? I I guess, where do, what do things look like in entertainment for, for that community? Or the community as a whole, as a on a broader scale, it's it's very good. It's good for the LGBTQ community because now for for like you mentioned Arthur, or we go back to Empire earlier this season when Jamal got married, right. and it it became this big thing like the first black gay wedding on network television. But reality is we don't remember. Well, we forget when TV One aired when Monifa married her wife on R&B Divas years ago. They aired the entire wedding. So the black LGBTQ community has been seen, but I'm sure that they took TV One being a smaller network as, yeah, they did it, but Fox is a mainstream network. So we're we're doing good because we're showing black gays on, you know, mainstream television. And it's all good. Publicity is always good. Acknowledgement is always good. You know, we have polls now. And polls is, they love it. It's a hit television series about the scene, the ball scene, the ballroom scene. And this is something that people didn't know about. If you never saw Paris' burning or if you never knew what it meant to be a part of a family, a part of a house, the house of the extravaganza, the house of these different things, where they came together to create these families and then have these fabulous shows. And now now everybody can see it, for especially for gay men. For gay men, right now, life is everything. Entertainment-wise, that's it. That's, that's everything. Interesting. So, you know, one of the things... I'm thinking about or I'm seeing is that the LGBTQ community is being more included and not in the, I I guess, I guess in general, you know, I don't want to, I'm not saying, I don't want to say like, you know, they're they're getting all the leading roles, but you're seeing them more because like one of my favorite shows I just got started or hooked on that's on Hulu, Rosewood with Mm -hmm. more, with starring Morris Chestnut and in the show, his sister is a lesbian and she's engaged to another or she starts out early in the show she starts out and she's she's engaged to another woman and for me i don't want to say it was uh interesting but it was it was just kind of like wow like that i guess how they put it in there you know it it they didn't it didn't like stick out i guess like it may be because at the same time me you know i'm i guess i i accept it you know and it's like oh it's whatever you know i see it all the time it's no big deal to me and it isn't like it's something that they try to i guess push on people that watch the show you know because 
honestly, when I think about it, when I watch them in that show, like the actors, I'm like, wow, they they do a great job, regardless of their sexual uh, preference. Right. Like they they're just doing a great job overall. Like especially when you know they are talking about the relationship because when you look at the dynamic of their relationship, it's just like any other relationship, whether it's, you know, homosexual or heterosexual relationship. It's a good love story, to be honest. And that's the biggest thing, though, because normalcy is what we want, right? right? So we want people to be able to see what we're doing, see us on screen, and not see that gay couple and just a couple and Mm -hmm. not see that gay wedding it was just a wedding and right. to see love and it for a while it was you know it was very almost like black exploitation it was just have the, the gay character and be extra extra gay and that's it mm-hmm. and now it's becoming more of a, a day-to-day life because even blackish um raven simone plays anthony anderson's sister and she's lesbian and you know they had that episode where the mom wasn't sure what to do wasn't sure how to react and it was able but obviously with blackish being comedy it was okay it's funny but this is the reality of the black family introducing the gay or queer family member into the product so so it's every show now somewhat has some sort of gay something represented it's almost like it's an industry standard just like for a while early 70s Late, you know, going into the 80s, they had to have a black character. It might have been an all white show, but we had right. to have a black character. There had to be some type of inclusivity because if there wasn't, there was going to be an uproar. Right. And it's the same exact thing, just different label now. So, what do you say to people that have this concern that is being pushed onto them? Well, for me, I, what do they say to me when I feel like the straight life is being pushed on me? But that's, how, that's how I relate to it because it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous for me to say to someone, I want to see you kiss your husband. Ew, the nerve. That's it's ridiculous. True. You love your husband, right? You, you show affection to your husband. So why do you feel that me showing affection to my wife is just is being pushed upon you? Just as I don't have to watch you live with your wife, you don't have to watch me live with mine, and vice versa. I feel that it's a a mass fear of what they don't understand. They say it's the gay agenda. We're, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, but I hate to keep relating it to race, but it's a parallel thing for me. The reality is 50 years ago, we were pushing onto the white community to be able to be black and be recognized. We were forcing them to desegregate. We were forcing them. We were forcing it on them. And they were just afraid of what that meant. And now, in 2019, it's a gay agenda. But in reality, people just are scared of change. And they don't want to see what they don't understand. I agree. That I do agree with. And, you know, it's just like when I look at politics and, you know, we, we talk about equal rights, you know, equity and equality. You know, at the end of the day, because I, I know I, I every, every now and then I have political aspirations. And when I think about it, it's for the people at the end of the day. You know, entertainment is for the people. You know, what we see a lot of times on television and in movies is reflective of our current society. And 
So to see these things, you and you know, just like when I was speaking of Rosewood, you know, I, I saw that that couple and I wasn't really phased because that's stuff that I see regularly. You know, it's not something new, and I'm I'm not one of those people that's like, oh man, I don't I don't want to watch this crap because I I don't want to see that. You know, it's like I see it all the time. What difference does it make if I see it on one of my favorite shows now? You right. know what I mean? do that a lot of people will boycott people get angry right they do they get very angry and they get very um protective like unfortunately you know what was it the oscars was it the oscar when billy porter wore that gown to the oscar yeah that was and i saw and he wore he wore with another one last night to the tony's but when he wore that gown right after hector as um extravaganza died and it was a replica of a dress that he wore in a ball. Straight black men had a fit. Those of us in the community understood that he was paying homage to somebody in the community. I saw posts on social media that were disgusting, and they were from people like my frat brothers, you know, people that I admire, strong people that I look up to, and they were like, oh my God, we're making it okay for black boys to see this man in a dress. And it was so nasty. And it was such a reality because as, as a lesbian, I live in a pseudo, a pseudo sense of comfortability because I think I'm, like, I'm accepted. But in reality, when people go home, they don't accept us. And they genuinely see this on television. They genuinely have these feelings. Today, they still, and oh my, it was so disheartening to see how people genuinely felt about this man wearing a dress, not because he had on addressed because they really didn't understand why he wore it they had no idea they had no idea i'm not too informed on the situation but i do remember that you know i do remember seeing a lot of chatter around what had happened and you know a lot of times because again i'm not too informed on it and a lot of times i take that approach of look i don't know what's going on here so i'm not going to speak on it i'm just going to let because at the end of the day it's like you don't you don't know right so right. don't say anything because what you and, and i've had to learn this one the hard way because <laughs> I, I i i offer my my two cents when it's not wanted or needed so i i'm just like look i'm not gonna say anything because it, it might come back to me and last thing i want is to to be seen in the in the negative light because i had i i lacked understanding of something and then i spoke too soon and right. now here i am i look like a jerk or douche you know what i mean so in that situation i would just say you know a lot of, a lot of those people shouldn't have spoke because they don't know at the end of the day and they didn't understand like you said and didn't so, care to. they didn't care to. all they right. saw was in the dress on tv Exactly. But but overall, I got to say, I am pleased to see, you know, where things are going in that the entertainment industry is becoming more inclusive, the LGBTQ community. And because I'll, I'll be honest, you, you asked me uh, maybe 10 years ago, I probably I would have been like, eh, I don't know about all that. But you <laughs> know, again, with with maturity. Uh, fortunately, you know, with maturity, because, you know, not everybody becomes more mature when they get older <laughs> and with with, you know, more understanding, you know, I've I've come to, you know, be more accepting and say, OK, this is 
this is this is good. You know, this isn't this isn't as bad as people make it out to be. You know, right. we we can tolerate and use more of this because honestly, it's it's what is reflective of our society today. So, and and, and it's not a it's not a bad thing at all. You know, it's it's, it's reality, like you said. Honestly, we need more. <laughs> right, exactly. So, because at the end of the day, I'm always down for a good story. So we're going to hop right into our next topic, and that's keeping an open mind. You guys heard us. We were talking about LGBTQ and entertainment. So honestly, this this topic is really perfect because, again, you know, talking about that, you know, essentially we were talking about how people do need to be uh, more open minded and, you know, see, I guess, from my standpoint, and that especially in relation to the last topic, people need to see the world for what it actually is. Right. And like I mentioned before the recording, I feel that people are so quick to reject something because it's something that they're not used to. And I know for me, I, you know, just speaking from personal experience, haven't been in situations where, because I, I always go back to when, when I was in, growing up grade school, right? You know, from K through 12, you know, I attended a magnet program, art school, and I was used to being around people of all different creeds, you know, colors, whatever background. And it was it was so great, too, you know, and I remember my junior year of high school, uh, I transferred to one school and it was very like I was I, I guess like in that at that school, I really felt like what it meant to be a minority. Mm-hmm. And especially because we were talking about a school that was in a town, a smaller town outside of the city and. You know, I remember I went there and I hated it. I only stayed there for a year. And then I went back to my magnet school where I graduated high school from. Then I went, when I went to school, I'm going to go ahead and say this before, because I don't want any backlash and I'm a full supporter of HBCUs more (laughs) now than ever. But, you know, when I went to college my freshman year, I went to an HBCU and I just, I'm not going to, I'm not saying I didn't feel comfortable, but I just wasn't used, again, I was the majority, you know, and I just wasn't used to that. So I went to a, a school where it was a little bit more diverse because my mindset was and still is for the most part that in the world that we live in, like you see it, there's everybody. So just just want to preface the conversation on this topic. Just, you know, so, with, I think it's interesting because, you know, I went to an HBCU. Yeah. And. You know, my mentality clearly is something completely different because it was such a a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. to face because I had been in such diverse situations up until that point. Mm-hmm. So then to go into Winston-Salem State and be surrounded by my culture and you know, be surrounded by so many people in the South like me coming from being up North in New York. Mm-hmm. And it was just like... Yes, you know, like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But let me tell you, let me tell you this. And see, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I got us off topic because, you know, that's why, that's why I said 
I am more of a supporter of HBCUs now than I was ever before because that was the one thing I learned of how important it is to us as black individuals. Right. And and that so <laughs> I just want to say I just want to put that out there. <laughs> so yeah, I and that thank thank goodness. You know, again, and and that all comes from keeping an open mind. Like, and I just, I, I feel that this is going to be a fun conversation right here, because you know, for me, especially you know, being around the kind of people I like to hang around and you know, do the do the fun things. Because I, I have friends. Like, I'm I'm not the most outgoing person. I will tell you that up front. <laughs> and I like to surround myself with people that are more outgoing than than I am, because. They will, they will take the chances and I can watch them take those chances and it may not work out or it may work out for the best, but I can look and say, you know what, what if I do the same thing? You know what I mean? Or, you know, like what if, and so I, it makes me want to go out and and try different things, you know, and and experience different things and go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. In my professional life, I have to do that. You know, I have to be outgoing. I have to go do what others aren't doing. So when it comes to my personal life, I like to just be low key and do what I'm used to because I have to be so outgoing as a filmmaker when I'm going to these film festivals and I'm going to these schools and I'm going to these different places and I have to do what people aren't doing. You know, and I, I have to be that role model. I have to be that person to take that first step. So then when it comes down to, you know, normal day to day functions, I'm like, no, I want to stay in my bubble. I want to stay in my little corner. Right. You know, it keeps me sane. <laughs> like, yeah. it keeps me able to remain true to me because being B. Danielle Watkins is so character, caricature of me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a big personality. Right. And, and you know, that open mind thing, I, it's like half and half. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because, like, B. Danielle does anything. <laughs> I don't go anywhere. I don't care. I'm by myself. I'll show up. I'll do whatever. But when I'm home and it's you know I don't have to be her, I'm like ah oh, I don't want to do that trap karaoke. No, I'm not going there. Right. Like, you know, like stuff like that. But if it was a film trap karaoke, yeah, I'm going because I'm supposed to be there. Right. You know, Open mindedness is so it's such a double edged sword. That is very true. It, you know, it's so funny. It's like, and I remember uh, when I first said this, I, you know, someone gave me some flack about it because I said, you know, you should expose yourself <laughs> to, a, to the things. And I guess expose was the, was the wrong word for it. But I'm just like, you, you I'm, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like you, well, you gotta, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, be, be open and and especially like when it comes to cultural stuff, you know, like I I I say one of my favorite experiences was when I went to a like a banquet dinner, and we were it was it was actually for the uh, mayor's international community awards, MICA, is what we call it, and it's an award ceremony where we they recognize like the only the internationals that have started businesses in Charlotte, and. I was interning and, you know, we go there and, you know, we're having all kinds of international food that I've never had before. And I actually, I, my first, it was my first time having sushi and, you know, we have knives, you know, knives and forks and everything there, typical setup. 
but we have chopsticks too. And I'm like, okay. You know, I, I remember one of my uh, colleagues who was a international from China, you know, I'm like, dude, like, show me, teach me how to use chopsticks. Cause I don't feel right. I'm, or I'm not going to feel right using a fork to eat my sushi. I do it now and I'm lazy, but it's, you know, I know how to use chopsticks when I want to. So I'm right. like, teach me how to use chopsticks. And, you know, he taught me and, you know, it's like, it's how, it's how you hold it and, you know, chop, chop, pick it up and I'm eating. And I'm like, oh man, I learned something new. I learned how to eat with chopsticks. That's so cool. You know, I, and again, being open-minded and being willing to try new things. And now, you know, cause I, I go, I like, I like going places now and being around people that don't know how to use chopsticks. And oh, I'm going <laughs> to use my chopsticks today. Go, you know, go eat like, oh, fancy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like just, you know, just with the, the little things, the simple things, you know, and being able, because honestly, especially when you, when you're talking about individuals like you and I being in the creative space, you know, it's those small little things to me that makes a big impact. And that might be that spark to the next great idea. And that's true. Like, I'm, I'm always so grateful for my parents. You know, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. And Buffalo is on the border of Canada. And a lot of Broadway shows would go to Toronto. Parents would take me to Toronto when I was exposed to theater at such an early age. And in that, I would go to museums and different things like that to experience, you know, the different exhibits and the different things coming from different countries. And they made sure that every time a new exhibit came to the Science Museum, I saw it. Every time a new exhibit came to the Art Museum, I saw it. And this is my entire childhood up until teenage years. So now, like you said, being a creative, I get to travel. I'm a, I've been to Paris. I've been to all these different places. And I make sure that every time I go to a new city, I see what museums they have because something about these places has something to offer. My, one of my best experiences was going to the Underground Railroad Museum in Cincinnati. Mm. I was like, they had a, um, they had an actual actual cell so they took they uprooted a jail cell and they reconstructed it and put it in the museum and it still had the shackles attached to it wow and the energy walking into that room so in in my mind is to have been exposed as a child to what a museum meant and what it held and what it meant to history and what it meant to the culture at that moment to be able to then go into these different cities and see these things, it's priceless to me. I love going to a new city. I love it. I get so excited when I'm in a new film festival. And I'm like, okay, what museums they got there? Because I'm going to go a day early because I need to see what they have. I need to experience mm-hmm. what it is in this place. I love it. Like, that, and that's, that's something that's a requirement now. Like, I have to do this. I have to expose myself to what these different cities have to offer. Even small, little cities little towns that people have never even heard of they have their own museums they have their own history you know you have to expose yourself you have to teach yourself because if not how would you ever learn right i admire that i i really do you you got me on that one <laughs> that's what we say, especially with the smaller cities and towns because you know i i, I do i i will say I, I feel like a lot of times they're often overlooked and you know they they have a lot to offer and I, I hate to get political, but even even with some of these with these small as 
I like to sometimes call hick places. They they have a lot to offer, but if, if we just take the time, and it's so funny how all this comes together, but we take the time to listen to each other as people, see each other as people and individuals and what we all have to offer to the world. You'd be amazed by what we could accomplish as a as a society like so there's so many so many great things like that's that's why even though i grew up in the city but i've become more fond of everything outside of the city right. especially you know nature <laughs> <laughs> you know so uh but I'm, I'm like you when it comes to food i'm a foodie so i like to go everywhere and try everything so i'll, I'll use that as my <laughs> but you know, me up though because I haven't eaten I haven't eaten French toast since I came back from Paris because I had genuine French French toast and it is nothing like this mess we're eating in America and I was <laughs> you sound like me and uh, gumbo because <laughs> part of my family is from New Orleans and we pride ourselves on gumbo and anywhere I go and anybody that has gumbo I will try it and I am a legit critic so, <laughs> you know I actually and I'm going to move on after this but when I, I was in New Jersey a few weeks ago I went to this place called Delta's in New Brunswick and anybody if you get the chance go up there check it out I knew the gumbo was right when they brought the bowl out the kitchen and I smelled it <laughs> <laughs> And I said, I know that's good gumbo because I can smell all the herbs and spices. <laughs> I like a KFC commercial. So, and, and I, so that kind of stuff. I, I I feel you on that one. I feel you on that one. I won't fault you that you went to you went to France and had <laughs> not France, France and right, had French right. toast. <laughs> it's never the same after you go to the to the yeah. to the place where it originated so. <laughs>
and then I can, you know, show my, and that's what I did. My, my first movie, Kisses in the Wind, is an all-white cast, and it was the it was in like six film festivals, and I was like, yes, finally, I can do it, you know, I can do what I need to do, and that was, that was my first struggle. Of course, you know, everybody, you know, every struggling artist will say, you know, money is hard, and you know, to make the films we need to make, we need to have money, but reality is, Every time I step into a film festival, it's a 97% chance I'm going to be the only black, lesbian, female filmmaker there. My challenge is, is being more than just the token. You know what I'm saying? My challenge is ensuring that as black, lesbian filmmakers that we know this is a place for us. There is a place for us. So I have to keep creating and I keep putting myself in these uncomfortable positions Cause it ain't always easy to walk into a room full of all white gay black, I mean gay men, you know. Yeah. It's not easy, and then present a film that you want them to relate to, because then that turns into a whole nother conversation. Because now I need to get into these film festivals, and if it's a panel of judges to get you into a film festival, and none of them can relate to your film because they don't look like you, how do you get into the film festival? Right. And that is something I deal with too. I submit to so many festivals. But the reality of it is the boards aren't looking for my type of film. And then the ones I get into, I go and I sit in these theaters for days on end. And, and that's legit. Like for five days, you watch a hundred movies. And maybe 10 of them are lesbian. Out of the 10, I'm the only black one. And this is a common occurrence. This is something that I battle every festival season. And every festival season, my films get blacker and blacker. Because I have to keep challenging the system, and I have to keep challenging myself. Because if not, then what? Wow! All so, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that was that was that was uh, that first question. <laughs> That's a way to start an interview, right there. <laughs> you kind of touched on it with the challenges that you faced, but. I guess I want to focus on you as a as an individual. What's been your experience as a black woman and a, and member of the LGBTQ community? I mean, yeah, outside of what I just said, the experience of being the only person in the room and everybody can recognize you, not because you're famous, but because they know you're the only black filmmaker there, so that movie should had to be yours, right? So, yeah. you know, that's my experience when I'll never forget the first time I went to Paducah to the Cinema Sisters Film Festival. And it was the first year of the festival. So it's the first year of the only all-lesbian film festival in the entire country. And I was the only black filmmaker in it, right? So I make a documentary about it and all this other stuff. And I remember standing after I did my panel, because, you know, you speak about your movie and all of that. And this lady was standing there waiting to talk to me. Me. And I'm smiling, like, hey, okay, hello. And she said the very first things out of her mouth to me. Now, mind you, I'm standing in heels and a dress and makeup. And she's like, I didn't know there were black witches. And I was so thrown off. I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know if, if it was going somewhere. I didn't know if she was. Yeah. But the, the more I talked to her, I realized that she didn't know what to say to me. She had no idea because I was intimidating so the first thing out of her mouth was the first thing she could think about. And it had nothing to do with anything I'd ever done. And that, that's my experience. My experience is a fish out of water being that uncomfortable position in the same time with a comfortable space because I'm a filmmaker. Right. So, you know, my experience is 
this is hey, I'm gonna stand out, so I might as well be bright about it. Might as well when you gonna you gonna see me, so I might as well be seen then. Right. That's really the mentality I've had to take on as I've been on this journey. Like, you know what you're walking into, right? I mean, especially on a new film festival. Like, this is a new one I've never been to. It's like, all right, you know what you're walking into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you ready? All right, let's do it. And then, you know, it's always the people that are amazed. Wow, I was, I'm impressed. And, you know, I try so hard not to be offended. Like, so are you impressed because it was a good movie? Or are you impressed because I made it? You know, and I always try not to go there. But I have mm-hmm. to keep it in the back of my mind. Like, it could be both. <laughs> it really could. Right. You know, it's, it's my experience is fun. I love it. I love what I do. But it's definitely interesting, to say the least. You know, and I've only heard a little bit of your story thus far. And I have to say that I am... I'm a bit lost for words at the moment, <laughs> um, but I I'm intrigued by it, and I am I guess I'm I'm just kind of like wow, you know, because I never knew, and that's why I asked that question. But at the same time, to 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 hear what your experience has been, and also the the challenges that you faced, I'm just like wow, like you, you, it's one of those things where it's like. You think you got challenges. Well, <laughs> right. you know, it's like, especially again, you know, you're you're black, you're a woman, and you're part of the LGBTQ community. Like that is I so I, I just you're 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 phenomenal. <laughs> like really to you know to, to to be able to jump those hurdles and and, and still continue to you know push forward and you know go into upward you know trajectory so let me ask you when did things start taking off for your career it's so hard to ask me that because if you if you let me tell it i haven't taken off yet right but (laughs) but reality is like you have to stop and live in the moment and i have to realize that like i'm sitting in my office right now and i have more than 20 film posters around me that i wrote you know, that's not something little. You know what I'm saying? No, like, right? you know, I have, you know, I'm hanging up my, my all of my novel covers are up. You know, my press releases from when my novels first came up. You know, obviously I'm established as a writer, but I still feel like I haven't made it. So when you say when did my career take off, I don't I don't know. I don't know when I got recognizable, but I am. Like, there's the saying of Celestian in the community, especially it got really big around 2011, 2012, when the YouTube series started getting real big. And the YouTube lesbian series scene blew up with um, shows like Between Women and Studville TV. And, and then these women became recognizable to their fans without being from Hollywood. And then they became, you know, then Celestian is just, this thing you're a celestian and I said I'm not gonna be a celestian that is tacky that's the first thing I said right so I'm not gonna be a celestian <laughs> and then all of a sudden people start recognizing and you know your work starts you know it was one thing when my name was behind things and I was writing films and I was able to matriculate through crowds and they didn't know it was my movie that they loved so they was able to they saw the characters but they didn't know it was my film and then I started in 3030 and I got recognized 
as for the first time in Walmart and somebody called me by my character name and I kept walking because that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's like, Tyler. And I'll turn around and they're like, it's her, it's her. And I'm like, who, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? Yeah. And, or, or somebody um, saw me in a restaurant, one of the vegan restaurants. I had on the Zeta hoodie, hair is a mess, locks ain't done, ain't nan eyelash on, looking a mess, okay? And the girl left because she didn't know what to say to me. And then she inboxed. And I said, you recognize me? Of course, I have no clue who she was. And she's like, <laughs> I know you. And she's like, but I couldn't come up to you and speak, so I left. You left the whole restaurant? <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, I guess once I became recognizable, so I would say it was that 2017, which really isn't that long ago, considering I've been writing since 2011. But I guess, yeah, once my face became attached to the name, because the name had always been recognized, that is when my career really turned and became something bigger than what I am or what I thought it would be. There we go. <laughs> that was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Uh, that that's 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 great. I, I always say the, the great name is the greatest of all the riches right there. That's 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 pretty cool. That's really cool. I, I, I admire that. What's what's next? Well, what's crazy is you know, I don't like just like you said, you don't want to get into politics. I don't want to get into religion like completely, but I'm very spiritual. And I have someone who kind of guides me and, you know, tells me different things. And she called me and said, you need to go back to your roots. And I said, my roots of what? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You need to your roots. And I was like, girl, okay. I, you know, I have no clue what we're talking about. I'm in the middle of 3030 season two, you know, being released. And we're, we're touring right now. And there's so much happening. And I'm like, what are we talking about? But I am actually one of, you know, before I started making movies, I was writing books, and before my first screenplay had was ever written, I had already published three novels. And I published my fourth novel in the midst of really starting my movie career. And I never finished the series. So I said last year, I was like, oh, I'm going to find a new publisher, and I'm going to republish the series, and I'm going to put it all together. But I never really actively tried to do it. And then I saw on Instagram... I'm not going to say the name because it's not nothing about this is getting ready to be positive. But <laughs> I, a black female-owned publisher. And I got so excited because I, I'm like, that's my tribe. That's it. That's, that's my sign. I need to leave my publisher and go be with these black women and publish this novel again. And I have my consultation and I send them my information and I do everything. And then they don't want me because it's gay. And they don't want that attached to his brand to their brand. And I kind of got disheartened because I was like, we're supposed to, you know, put each, pick each other up. I'm not a gay author. I'm just an author telling the story that happens to be gay. And they didn't want to hear that. So I let it, I left it alone. I, I kind of just was like, oh, well, movies is better for me right now anyways. And something, I still wasn't feeling fulfilled. So Clexicon came in April. And Clexicon, for people who don't know, is Comic-Con for lesbians, basically. It's this big convention where all these lesbians come and they're dressed up like Xena and Wonder Woman and all these people come from Hollywood that are all like Black Lightning. And it's just a very big conference and I happen to be honored to be a speaker on a panel this year. And I sat next to a woman who owned a publishing company. 
and one of her friends owned one that did fiction. And fast forward to today, by the end of the year, the series will be released again. And it's just one of those things where we, when she told me to go back to my roots, I have to go back to where I started to get where I'm going. And we all know I'm a good storyteller, right? But I needed to complete what I started. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I complete what I started to be able to move on. Right. So that's that's what I have. My biggest project happening. I'm filming two films this weekend, one of which will be released on Facebook Watch on August 1st. Um, I have a pretty major film I'm filming in September, which will be my forerunner for festival season 2020. Um, I currently have a film that's in the film festival circuit that's based on a true story right now. Yeah. I mean, I can keep going, but that's where really, really where I am right now. Yeah. Projects and what I'm doing. So you got you got your hands full. Oh. <laughs> oh. That, that's and that's you know what they say: busy is always good. So yeah, I definitely get the since you got a lot of got a lot of things in the work, and that's 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 really great. I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. Um, I gotta I gotta make sure I. I stay up to date on that stuff and, you know, definitely, you know, check out, you know, your, some of your work. So, um, cause oh. you're, you're doing a lot of, you're doing a lot of great, uh, cool things and I'm all for supporting dope people. And oh, thank you. yeah. So and it's like, if, if you're a dope person, I'm not going to have any problems supporting whatever it is <laughs> that you do. So <laughs> if you, if you could, I, I know you got some works out now. Uh, you could, you know, share with the listeners what you got out there that they might want to check out, and also some things uh, for them to be on the lookout for, uh, as well as your, you know, your social media and things related to that, so that they can, you know, follow you and keep tabs on everything that you got going on. Let's prepare because I have a lot. <laughs> of right. So get your notepads ready. <laughs> my social media, my. YouTube page, which my YouTube has all of my retired films. So these are films that used to be in film festivals or things that I did little things with that I now allow just for the public to see. So if you want to see stuff for free, YouTube is it. My Just type in Danielle Watkins. My YouTube page will come up. I have films on there, a couple mini documentaries. All of that is there. My Facebook fan page as well is Danielle Watkins. Um, my IMDB, but like, do people like go on IMDB? No, never mind. Erase that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> like, oh, you're my, official if you're on IMDB. So. <laughs> I, but people don't like look for that, right? People don't go, people ain't oh, on only, Hey, <laughs> hey, when it comes to IMDB, if you know, you know. <laughs> like, you know I'm on there, you know, check me out. Um, my, my Twitter and my, my Instagram, if you type in B. Danielle Watkins, I will come up, but that's not my handle. My handle is actually the title of my first film, which is Black Butterfly, and it's spelled B-L-A-C-B-U-T-T-E-R-F-L-I-I. Those are my handles on Instagram and Twitter, and they always have been, even before I created the film. Well, actually, no, because I didn't have Instagram until after, but nevertheless. Those are my names there. My, I have a website. Um, it's just www.bdaniellewatkins.com. Right now, it's kind of out of date because I do do so much 
and it's like hard to keep my webmaster updated so she's getting ready to get this crazy long email that has like a million updates but it has enough on there as far as works that you can see if you have amazon prime or if you have amazon period my documentary parallel is on amazon and that is the documentary that I mentioned earlier about me being the first African-American filmmaker in the first all-lesbian film festival in the country. And at the same time, I was staying in the Hotel Metropolitan, which is the current Black History Museum of Paducah. But when it was created, it was created because Paducah wouldn't allow Black performers to stay in the hotels when they came through on the Chitlin circuit. So this woman created this house so that these people could come perform and have some place to stay. And I actually like staying in a room that Ike and Tina Turner slept in. It's, it's, that place is freaking amazing. And you talk about it um, in the documentary because I, live, I talk about the parallels about being black and gay, being celebrated and shunned at the same time. Um, my series, 3030, that I mentioned, season two is out, season one is out. We are a Reverie original series, and Reverie is an app, it's a website, it's a channel. Reverie is Netflix for LGBTQ. That's the reality. That's what we are. It's spelled R-E-V-R-Y. We're on there. I know season one you can watch for free. I believe you need a subscription to watch the entire second season, but it's all out right now. Other than that, I'm looking around like at the other films I got out. A lot of them you can see now on YouTube. If you see something on my website or that you want to see that you can't get to, just send me a message and I'll get it to you. So other than that, that's me. That's everything. Great, great, great. Well, you guys heard her. You know, definitely Well, this is recorded so you, you guys can uh, rewind and, you know, <laughs> get all that again. Uh, definitely go check her out. Uh, she's got some dope stuff. Again, you guys heard her on the same show. She's a dope individual. Uh, so I, I don't expect anything less of her work. Uh, so go check her out and go follow her on social media. You know, uh, and stay up to date with everything that she's got going on. I appreciate you coming on to the same show, knowing your schedule. Appreciate you taking time out to, you know, again, come on the same show to have a conversation and you know, really enjoyed having you on and kicking off the same show after a few weeks of, <laughs> of hiatus. So again, uh, <laughs> so again, really appreciate it. Again, this is the same show, the show about nothing and everything with our special guest, B. Danielle Watkins, Arthur screenwriter and filmmaker again guys go check her out and her, go check out her work be sure to follow her and the same show on social media and with that being said again this is the same show the show about nothing and everything episode 32 and until next time 